more devotions here, but uh, thank you, Susan, for inviting me. Um, today is a festival day in the church. Uh, who, who knows what day that is? Susan? Anybody but Susan? Holy Cross Day. Very good. Holy Cross Day, September 14th, a, a, a significant day. Well, let's, um, before I say anything more, we're going to begin with uh, some prayer. And we begin this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Merciful God, your Son, Jesus Christ, was lifted high upon the cross, that he might bear the sins of the world and draw all people to himself. Grant that we who glory in his death for our redemption, may faithfully heed his call to bear the cross and follow him, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. The Romans uh, actually did the Christians a, a tremendous favor over the years. After the death resurrection and ascension of our Lord, Christians would, uh, Christians would gather in Jerusalem at the site, at the site where our Lord was crucified. And uh, there they would build an altar, while the Romans would come along eventually and tear the altar down. The Christians, again, would put it up, and this would go on for quite some time. So the Romans were actually doing the Christians a favor and marking the, the very location of uh, where our Lord was crucified, and today, as you know, uh, over that site is in Jerusalem is the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. And uh, around 313, 315 or so, now keep in mind, you know, that's 300 some years after our, our Lord's uh, uh, death, resurrection, and ascension, uh, the Emperor Constantine officially named Christianity as the official relig uh, religion of the empire. And his mother, Helena, was uh, a devout follower of, of Christianity, and uh, tradition has it that she actually found the location of, of the Holy Cross. And uh, so, we, so we have to, you know, the Romans weren't all bad. They did a number of uh, positive things. Uh, I mean, even, even for us today, we still use Roman technology in making and paving roads, and then building buildings and things like that, but for us as Christians Day on Holy Cross Day, we, we thank them for uh, helping uh, locate the actual physical site of, uh, of what is today the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. The appointed psalm uh, for today is Psalm 40, which oddly enough, uh, I had in my, uh, I'm, I'm praying through the Psalter every morning, and I had that as part of my devotions this morning, but do you have hymnals with you? I mean, we're doing this very ad hoc. But, uh, Susan, thank you. Thank you, Susan. If you need a hymnal, Susan, Susan has some. Psalm 40 and, uh, well, it's Psalm 40. Good to meet you. 
verses, uh, verses 1 to 11 are the appointed verses uh, for Holy Cross Day. And we'll uh, speak the psalm responsibly uh, by whole verse. Uh, I'll begin, and then if you would uh, respond, and then we'll conclude with uh, Gloria Patri. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. Sacrifice and offering you have not desired, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the scroll of the book. It is written of me. I desire to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not given your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness in your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. Together, glory, glory to, to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Hello everybody. Um, some of you have seen me before. The last time that we had a conversation it was about aging and this is a follow-up to that conversation. Some of the slides will be the same because we'll be reminding what we learned the last time and for those of you who didn't come to the last one there'll be something new. If you need a copy of this PowerPoint, I will drop one off here and they can let you have a copy. I didn't bring notes with me because all I had was my PowerPoint today. Last time we had handouts, there was different things we talked about that I did have handouts for. So I will, as I say, drop off a copy of this and then you can um, ask if they have a copy for you, okay? so. I, um, you, you mostly know that I'm a certified dementia trainer, a certified engagement leader, and um, I've done a lot of work on dementia, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. That is only one part of aging, and it's not something that applies to everybody. That is not normal aging. If you ever want me to come and talk about dementia, I can talk about that for you. But, you know, we don't want everybody thinking just because you get old, you're going to get dementia because you're not. 
is not, um, doesn't mean you won't. So we talked about subjective age. And only 25% of people feel their actual age. Would you say that's true? Oh, 2.5. You see, I can't even see from here. To me, it looks like 25. Okay, 2.5. So that's only a very small percent. Do you feel your age? No. No. Okay. 80% 80 of people feel mentally younger. I feel mentally younger. My body doesn't, but mentally I feel younger until I try to move. The average age we feel mentally younger is 12 years. Now, I don't know about that. I just feel that I'm the same as I always was, really, mentally, right now. Other people may not see that, but that's what I believe, so that's all that matters. Okay. <laughs> However, having persistent pain reduces that by eight years. So then you only feel four years mentally younger. And I must admit that sometimes I have a condition that creates pain all the time. And I, do, I have found that that has changed me. I've started to feel old, but I won't let it catch up with me, if you know what I mean. But it doesn't mean that I'm not beginning to realize I am getting old. Um, the PT people where I work watch me walk around and say, when are you going to retire? But I'm not. <laughs> I told my husband when I'm 75, and that's next year. And I thought, well, I didn't say whether it was the day I turned 75 or the day before I turned 76, but we'll see. 56% of people said they feel physically younger. I can't say that. Physically, I don't feel younger. I feel right now that... So I'm of that other percentile because I... In the last couple of years, I have not felt physically younger. Even though I exercise every day with the residents, I'm just glad I work because if I was at home, I probably wouldn't. As you age, that gap lessens. And typically, 80-year-olds admit to feeling old. So I'm going a bit before my 80s feeling a bit old. And 90-year-olds say they are old. Well, I think they're entitled to. You know? <laughs> so... My mom's 92, and she's, she says she's had enough. So. so what is the first wealth? And that is health. Everybody worries about retirement and saving money and everything else. If you haven't got health, the wealth doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't. Um, but obviously, it's better if you have something behind you. But your health is the most important thing. So you have to work on that. And it's not all doom and gloom, but you have to listen to your body. Now, these were slides we had the last time. And you can address these things because if you don't, it can appear like dementia. And dehydration is the one that I hit on the most. And I am the worst person. I, do, I don't drink as much as I should. But I do know how important it is. Infection, that can cause a lot of issues. Chronic fatigue, I have that too. Chronic confusion, no, I'm okay with that. So any of those things, if you are feeling those and you know you are feeling them, then you don't have dementia because you know you're feeling them and you need to get them addressed because they can become a big problem and they could be treatable. So why wouldn't you have them addressed? Possible effects of dehydration. 
It's an, you're an increased fall risk. It causes weakness, confusion, and can cause memory loss. You have impaired immunity, overheating, constipation, headaches, low blood pressure. All of these, you wouldn't have all of them at once, but all of those things could apply if you were dehydrated. So if you're really feeling miserable, why not just drink a glass of water and see if it makes you feel better? And if it does, you know that's the cure next time. Otherwise, you go to the doctors, and of course, they're going to give you medication, you know? But it, if water doesn't cure it, then go to the doctor. So I'm not going to go through the whole thing, because we did have that the last time. And why drink water? Because it takes the poisons out of your body. It raises your energy level. It helps you lose weight. Well, I haven't drunk enough water, that's for sure. It promotes healthy skin, helps digestion. It can help prevent constipation. And it's the building block of new cells. There's so much water in our body that it is the building block of new cells. It helps maintain your body temperature, acts as a shock absorber, and the main, it's the main ingredient in saliva. So if you're not drinking water, you probably find sometimes you have difficulty eating because you haven't got the enzymes to break down food because that starts in your mouth with saliva. And it keeps the joints lubricated. And so did you know that 60... I have to read this up here. 60% of... Water makes up 60% of your body and water helps the brain to make hormones and neurotransmitters. And this is why I use this slide, because I'm really for promoting brain health. It helps tissues and cell membranes remain moist, produces saliva, which aids um, digestion. It's an internal shock absorber. And it also helps send the oxygen around your body, along with many other functions. And we did show you this last time. So if you pinch your skin now, and then let it go, and I'm dehydrated, it should go straight down if it stays up. So if you have a family member and you think they have dehydration and they might just need a drink, just try that because if it stays up like mine is now, that's a sign that you need to have a drink of water. But of course, I don't drink water because you know where I'll have to go. <laughs> and I'm in the middle of a presentation, so why would I drink water? So the six elements of wellness, because we talked at the beginning about wellness. Occupational, emotional, social, spiritual, intellectual, and physical. So those are the six elements that are important as you age. They're important at any age, but more so as you age. So occupational, what does that mean? You probably retired, and you don't want to be going to a full-time job. Well. Everyone is better if they feel they have a purpose. And one of the hardest things to get used to in retirement is not feeling useful or productive. You sit at home, I know what I'm like on the weekend, and that's what worries me about when I retire. Because when I sit at home on the weekend, I put my feet up, and I do try and carry on working on work on my computer, because if I don't, I sleep. I just fall asleep. I, I'm not interested in watching television, because my husband has things on I won't watch. So that's, you know. I, I sometimes watch things on my computer, and I started getting DVDs from the library and putting them on my computer and having a headset, because I'm trying to learn now how to relax, because that's very hard for me. I was brought up, and I'm sure a lot of you were, at a time where you could not relax until you'd done your work. And the work was never ending. 
So you'd never learn to relax. If you were relaxing, you felt like you were doing something wrong. And I think that was our generation, but it's not the generation today. So you could get a part-time job if you want to be paid for what you do. And there are jobs that you could still do where you would only need to do a part-time situation and you wouldn't have to really get too involved with a 40-hour week or whatever. You could just do something like 10 hours a week. And a pet sitter would be a good one if you enjoy pets. Obviously, if you're allergic to them, don't do that because we don't want you in hospital. A tutor, because you can teach children. Even if you're not a qualified tutor, you can do things at the library to help children, like helping them read or whatever. An athletic coach, well, obviously, you've got to be fit to do that. A medical biller or coder, they reckon that is something, but you'd, it would be a learning curve if you've never done it before or a customer service representative. And I think a lot of the older people would be better customer service representatives than the ones we get. So maybe we should promote that one. You could also volunteer. Now then, volunteering at, in this town is really easy because the school next door has a program where you can go and sit and read with the children. And some of our residents are in this pen pal program and you just write four letters a year to a pen pal, and then you meet up with the child at the end of the year. And that's starting from this month. So if you're interested, just contact the school, and they will set you straight. And the residents that are doing that are really enjoying doing that. In fact, there was only one dropped out this year, and that's because she's moving out. She's moving back home with her son. Um, otherwise, everybody who was in the program last year has stayed in the program. You could go to a place like where I work and play games with somebody. We were struggling because we have a lady in memory care and she can't remember what you just told her. She can't remember what she had for lunch, but she can play four hours of bridge and beat anybody. <laughs> and she wanted to play bridge. Well, you've got, I didn't know anything about bridge. You have to have four people. And we were struggling to get a four for her to play bridge. Now you can go to the library or the senior center, I mean, to me, they're both in the same area, on a Thursday, and she could play bridge, but she's in memory care. That would mean one member of staff would have to go with her. And when we have 100-odd residents, and I only have two, one and a half staff of myself, I can't send somebody. So we've managed to find three people, but they don't always want to play. But there are other things that you can do one-on-one. -on -one. So if anybody wants to volunteer, you can volunteer at a place like ours, and we'll always find you somebody, even if it's only sitting and praying with them, or holding their hand, or just being there if they're a person who doesn't want to socially interact. Because not everybody likes a group this size. Some people are only comfortable one-on-one. -on -one. And we have to do a lot of group activities, and it's hard to get to a lot of these people where it's one-on-one. -on -one. And then you could always work at a food pantry or any other service organization in the area. And the best, best resource in this town, I think, is the center, you know, where the library is, that town hall or whatever you want to call it, okay? Emotional well-being is the ability to produce positive emotions, moods, thoughts, and feelings, and adapt when confronted with adversity and stressful situations. It's being kind to yourself as you recognize and experience a wide range of emotions. 
Now that can be hard for people, especially when they lose a partner. It really is a difficult situation. And um, not only that, you don't have to have lost a partner or part of yourself to death. I, and that's called ambiguous grief, when somebody is grieving and the person or the thing is still there. You're grieving the loss of something. It can be the loss of physical function. I grieve the loss of my beautiful arms because every time I touch something, I get a bruise. But it, and it depresses me. But you have to learn to overcome those things, and that is emotional well-being. And so you have to really be kind to yourself and understand you don't have to be perfect. You really don't. And to help you with emotional situations, the family. Family support is important, but not everybody has family. So if you don't have family, then you need to make friends. You need to have some kind of support, even if it's a place like this. But you do need to have that emotional support. Social. As we age, it's important to maintain our connection with friends and make new friends. Joining clubs, learning a new skill, joining a gym, attending dance classes. Now, when I put dancing at the other place I worked on the calendar, everybody was up in arms. They thought I was crazy because most of them felt they couldn't walk without a walker. But the research has shown dancing to be one of the best things for keeping your brain active because you have to send signals to different parts of your body and even if you're dancing sat in a chair it doesn't matter but they said that dancing is a really good there is a research paper on that that says dancing is good for you interacting with youth volunteering can bring opportunities to keep you socially active you'll see a lot of the things that we can do are help each of the six things like we said before volunteering help with the occupational piece but it's also helping with this six strategies for improving your emotional health build resilience reduce your stress get quality sleep be mindful cope with loss and strengthen your social connections so don't just let your friends go now you've stopped working you had a particular friend at work you like to sit and have lunch with them Invite them on a weekend to come and have lunch with you and catch up with the gossip that's going on where you worked. Whatever you can do to keep your, your social connections going. And then, of course, we talked about the brain last time being our computer. And if I can get this. And it's, it has a life expectancy of 70 years, three score years and 10. And so anybody whose brain keeps going, we're on borrowed time, you could say. Um, as we said in the other uh, thing, the 85-year-olds the have a higher incidence of dementia than a 65-year-old because that is the time is the thing with dementia. doesn't mean everybody will get dementia. There are people who can be 100 and not have dementia. And then it's a storage place for all of your memories, and it needs to reboot. So you need to sleep to reboot it. That's like shutting your computer down. So you sleep, and sleep and our circadian rhythm are very important as we age, more important than when you're young. You can get away with it when you're young, but not when you're older. It's during sleep memories are stored. If our circadian rhythm goes off kilter, it can cause dementia-like symptoms, and sleep restores body cells. 
and you have to try to develop a good sleep-wake cycle. They recommend eight hours of sleep a night if you can. Now, some people nap a lot during the day and don't need the whole eight hours, but it's better to get that lengthy sleep if you can because that does more for you. Short naps all day and all night do not do the same refreshing as a long sleep. And the harder, it's harder for those who've been on night shift. So if you've been on night shift, I don't know if anybody in this room was a night shift worker, you need to keep bringing it an hour forward, and an hour forward, and an hour forward. But not just for one night, for like a month, and then a month, and a month, to try and get your circadian rhythm back to a normal cycle, or just stay up all night and go to bed during the day. But you need to make sure you have a cycle. And it, the hearing piece. Many seniors are deaf or hard of hearing, and you're more likely to engage with others if you can hear. If you can't hear, you're likely to not want to interact socially. My mum does not interact socially at all because she can't hear. She's blind and she's deaf, and she said hearing was her biggest loss because if you can't hear, people are talking to you, you feel stupid because you didn't realize they were talking to you, you can see they're expecting an answer, and you're not giving an answer. And um, you should make sure that if you do wear hearing aids that the batteries are working, because oftentimes my mum's batteries are not working. And deafness can lead to withdrawing from others and cause social isolation, and social isolation can be a killer. They proved that during COVID when they had people isolated to their rooms. And so, as we said, social isolation is associated with about a 50% increase in the risk of dementia. Um, social isolation and loneliness is associated with 29% increase in the risk of a heart disease and 32% increase in risk of a stroke significantly increases a person's risk of premature death from all causes, a risk that may rival those of smoking, obesity, and physical inactivity. So if you have a parent who is socially isolated, even if you just take them out shopping, take them, if, if they don't want to go shopping because of the walk, they have all these places where you can get on one of these little cart things. Um, what I would say is take them out for lunch take them to a park, take them to the civic center where they do have a social thing every Thursday afternoon from one till four for seniors. Um, stay with them though at first because they will feel really um, strange being there with nobody they know. They won't want to go back. If you go a few times and then they meet people, you may be able to drop them off there and then go pick them back up. Spiritual, now you are already taking care of this element by belonging to this church, but there's prayer groups, Bible studies, listening to hymns, they're all spiritually uplifting. Something I can recommend that is interesting and spiritual is searching on YouTube for the story behind the hymn. Have ever, any of you ever looked at those? There's some beautiful stories behind hymns. So go to YouTube, and if you have a favorite hymn, type in the story behind whatever hymn. It may be there, it may be not. 
but I was amazed at the beautiful stories there are, and they, they say they're true, so we have to believe they're true. And it, it can give you a whole new reflection on the hymn you're singing, when you know how the person was feeling when they wrote that hymn. And I use that as one of the spiritual things we do over at um, the courtyard. You can join a choir or bell choir, and they're both spiritual and social. So everything, like I say, overlaps each other. Intellectual. Now you might think, oh gosh, I'm not going back to school. I learned more since I was 63 than I learned in all my school years. Um, lifelong learning is not a concept that we ever thought of, but it's really, really good to keep our brain sharp. And they say you can learn a new skill, a new hobby. Languages, they say, really help. And you can learn those online. You can learn them by having your phone on translate. You don't have to pay a lot of money for these courses. You have to step out of your comfort zone and stretch your mind. And there's many free online courses. Some are offered for free if you belong to the library. Have any of you ever done the library courses? I've done about six of them. There's, um, yeah, they're called Gale, G-A-L-E. So if you put, type in Gale courses, they're all free. And they have courses on learning to use a computer, learning about Word. I've done death and dying, of course I would. Um, I've done old age. I've done things about the brain. I've also done one called write your own life story so that I could teach residents how to write their own life story. Because writing your life story is a really good exercise. And it leaves a legacy for your children. So we have a writing club once a month called Once Upon a Lifetime. And I give them all a journal, and I give them four topics. They can choose one of the four. But if they feel suddenly, I want to write about this, they can go rogue. So they'll come in and they'll say, oh, well, I wrote about this. Or somebody will say, I went rogue. And one of the ladies went rogue last month because she lived in Canada. And now she wanted to talk about the fires that were happening in Canada and her experience of those fires. So that was fine. It doesn't really matter, but they sometimes just need that little cue. And so we give them a cue that they can um, write about. And when I was at the other place, we haven't had anybody in the writing club I have right now because I've only been there just over a year. But in the other place, we had people who passed on. And we would give that journal to the families and they were amazed at the things they didn't know about their person. So it's, re it's really good. You don't have to be in a place like ours to do it. They have these journals, and you just write in it, and you can leave it for your, your family. Um, and as I say, the Gale courses, just look up online. It gives you a whole list of courses, and it's all free, and they're six-week courses, and you do them online, and it's about an hour a week. What can we do to help ourselves remember? We talked about this last time. Make lists or make PowerPoints like I do. Paper, phone, voice. Have a specific place to keep your phone and keys and your important documents. And take a deep breath when you've misplaced something. Go back to where you had a thought. There is research that shows that as you go out of one room into another, you have a different memory. So if you remembered something here, and then you decided, oh, I'm going to go and get something, and you go out the door and think, what was I going to get? Walk back to where you had the thought. 
because as you go out of one space to another, that thought may leave you. You probably have that happen a lot, I do. Exercise your brain. There's all different ways. Playing cards, even playing solitaire on a computer. We play this game every day where I am, Monday through Friday. It's um, a trivia game, and then we do hangman, but we do it as a group, and um, it, it socializes everybody, and you think something like hangman, how's that going to help? Well, people who do crosswords, you can tell which ones they are when we're playing hangman. And then twice a year, we compete against the rest of the world. And we've done it three times now since I started there. And we came top in America all three times. And this year, we were fifth in the world. And that's over a two-week contest with everybody that joins in. So they say, use it or you lose it. Puzzles are also a good thing. And I put this on our calendar, and I put it on, and people don't come. I think they think it's infantile. But have you ever tried adult coloring? Has anybody ever tried it? It's very soothing. It's very relaxing. And it focuses your brain. It really is. And you can get fashion books. You can get famous artist pictures that you can color in. It doesn't have to be a bunny or, uh, you know, <laughs> something very childlike. There are special adult coloring books. And some more complicated ones are called Zen coloring or something, but then they are very intricate. But there's some beautiful ones. There's one of older women's fashions, and there's this model that looks like she's in her 80s, but she's got all these different outfits on, and you can dress her in any color you like. So it, it's, it's a good thing to do. Um, I just don't have time right now, but I'm sure when I retire, I will. And then that there at the end, I don't know what that is, so I won't tell you about that. Okay, so physical. Keeping physically fit as we age is important. And it can be something simple. I do a 20-minute everyday exercise routine with my residents, sitting in a chair. I start at the head. We work down to the feet. I do five of some that are easy, three of some that are not so easy. Then in the middle, we do something with weights. We do 10 of each thing, but in five. And five, like, we'll, we'll do this five times, and then this five times, this five. Then we do another five, instead of doing 10 all at once. Once we finish with the weights, I tell them what's going to happen the rest of the day so they can catch their breath. And then we start at the head again and go down. And we do that five days a week, and it's keeping them fit. And it covers every part of the body. Plus, we do yoga twice a week armchair yoga and there's a really really good armchair yoga for the over 65s um, and if any of you want this kind of information if you ask they'll contact me and I'll send the links for you but we do in, in all of our units we do the yoga even in memory care walking clubs and you've got a beautiful walking trail here we do walking clubs twice a week um, cycling if you can still ride a bike I never could, so I'm not going to start now. Um, I, ca I can't balance. I have no balance. Chair exercise, Tai Chi. I personally have never understood Tai Chi. I'm not knocking it, but to me, it just doesn't make sense. Armchair yoga, swimming. Swimming is a really good exercise. 
Water aerobics, they're all great ways to keep you mobile and build core strength, because it's your core strength that really holds you up. Exercise your body within its limits. So we do that exercise with the arms above the head and we move from side to side, but we have a lady who can't do that, so she sits that one out. And she doesn't feel uncomfortable, nobody makes her feel uncomfortable, but she can't get her arms above her head, so that's okay. Don't let what you think you can't do limit what you can do. And then you can do things even if you're in a wheelchair, and even the walking club, people in the wheelchair, because it moves their upper body, gives them upper body strength. You can walk with walkers, or you can just walk um, if, you can, if you can walk without needing assistance. And it doesn't have to be outdoors, you can walk indoors. What can we do to help ourselves as we age? You never stop dreaming, okay? I mean, I have a dream that I can work till I'm 81. Whether I can or not, I don't know, but that's my dream. Follow your dreams. Never stop learning. There's always something new to learn. And by being here today, you're proving that you want to continue learning. And never stop engaging. Because the person you're engaging with, that might be the best thing that happened to them that day because a lot of people are very lonely. People, you don't know what another person is feeling. And kindness is giving something to everybody, uh, even the people maybe you don't know. Just a smile can make a person feel better. So from that portion, have you any questions so far? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, coffee has an effect if, if she's having caffeinated coffee. Some people need that boost. Now, personally, whether I drink coffee at night or in the morning doesn't matter to me. I don't seem to be affected by caffeine. A lot of people are very sensitive to caffeine. Um, they do say that water is the best, but I. I, I don't understand that because to me, coffee's made with water, <laughs> you know? And nobody's been able to explain to me why water's better than tea and tea's made with water, you know? Yeah. The caffeine dehydrates you. Yeah, they say so. And they say like beer dehydrates you. So you're, you're working against yourself. If, if you're drinking coffee. So there, there are waters that have a fizz and there's waters that have different flavors. So maybe if she tried one of those, I've tried them recently and I found some are much better than others. You have to sort of find one that really, some of them are just colored water, you can't taste anything. Can it? Oh, well, I've been fortunate then because mine is still okay. Um, but you know, everything has a, a positive and a negative. Carbonated water is better than nothing if you are dehydrated. Um, I drink milk a lot. Now, you know, that, that, is, that is my thing. If I don't want to drink water and I really feel like I need something to drink, I'll drink a whole glass of milk. But I find that for some reason, and I can't explain it, the coldness of cold milk is more refreshing than the coldness of anything else. I don't know why, but I, I like my cold milk. And I drink whole milk, um, you know. Um, I eat butter, <laughs> I eat sugar. Well, people say I eat sugar. I, 
have two and a half spoons of sugar in a cup of tea. But that's just me, you know? Um, everybody's body works different and, and breaks things down different. And I have to say that I found the things that I could eat as a child, the things I was brought up on, my body, I feel, as I've got older and I understand more and you start to question things, the things you used to, your body can adapt to. That's might be my personal experience. And so I still have butter on my bread. I can't understand you Americans having burgers and you get a bun and they don't put butter on it. <laughs> it just seems odd to me because we put butter on every piece of bread we have. Um, but we also make butties, which I don't think you Americans make, and a butty is a hot sandwich. So if you were to have fries, we put fries on bread and we call that a chip butty because we call fries chips. So, and I love a chip butty with the melting butter. I mean, nothing to beat it. And I like a lot of pies, so I eat a lot of pastries too. But your body can start to turn on you. I love cashew chicken, and I've suddenly become allergic to nuts. So you, you have to listen to your body. As much as I love it, and as much as I want to try it again, I know I can't. So you, you, have, to, you have to be moderation in all things. That's, that's the best I can say about that. But you can get decaffeinated sodas too. And I, I know that carbon, carbonated sodas can have a problem, but anyway, what else? Anybody else with a question? Yes. Yeah, well, do, do, yeah, yeah. So you, you see people who are supposedly your age. Okay. Now, do you feel any different than you did when you were in college, really, inside yourself? Yeah. You feel more mature, but do you really feel that the person that was, you're still that person? Okay. Yes. And, and so, you know, I, like when I felt, when I was 50, I thought, oh, well, this is, you know, halfway to 100, I've, I'm going to feel something different. And I, I didn't. And then I would say, until I was diagnosed with what I have now, I was in my 60s and I felt 45. Because I felt that was what a four, the things I could do were what I would expect a 45 year old to be able to do, not a 60 year old. You know, that it, it's, it's all in your mind, it's a mind trick. But, you know, most people don't feel, you think, you, you look at people when you were in school and they were 50. You think, well, they're old. When you got to 50, did you feel as old as you thought those people felt? No, no. <laughs> you know, my grandma died when she was 74. And I thought my grandma was a real old lady. I thought she was like people who I know now are 90. Because to me, at that age, she seemed that old. So it's, it's all relevant, it's all in your mind, you know. I did write some more notes that of things I hadn't put into this PowerPoint. Um, that social interaction prevents and alleviates depression. So that's another reason for that. It improves your mood. It also has a positive impact on cognition and thinking. So being socially involved 
that is it's really really important and as i said senior centers church groups classes invite visitors to your home when you were younger you would invite friends around as you get older why don't you mine is mainly because i haven't cleaned up and i don't want anybody to see the mess of my house especially when i've been at work um, and so if somebody knocks on the door i cringe but anyway volunteer have outings with family and friends. So if they don't invite you, you invite them. Um, join a support group. If you need to, join one. There's no shame in it. They're there for a reason. Join an exercise group. Smile and start a conversation. And that can be, you know, obviously you've got to be careful. You don't want to pick the murderer in the street to start a conversation <laughs> with and smile at. But, you know, use your brain. <laughs> And physical activity benefits, it improves your functional health. It lowers the risk of hip fractures. It increases your bone density. So I make up for my carbonated drinks with the exercise I do. It improves your sleep. So if you're having trouble sleeping, the exercise will help you to be more relaxed when you want to sleep. You'll get more tired out because you've been doing all the exercise. And it lowers the risk of lung cancer. I did not know that. I read that this morning. That physical exercise lowers the risk of lung cancer. So go figure. And walking around a mall, for you ladies that don't want to exercise, is exercise. So it doesn't have to be torturous. It can be something that you enjoy. But one of the things, especially as you get older, don't go walking around in stiletto heels. <laughs> make sure that's for the bedroom okay make sure you have comfortable safe shoes because that is really important I have this pair of shoes on now and I, I bought them and they were comfortable because I have trouble with my feet so then I bought the same pair from the same place and the new ones don't fit like these do now and they're nearly worn through the bottom and I've got the new ones but when you get a comfortable pair of shoes, it doesn't matter if it doesn't match your dress. It doesn't matter if it doesn't match. You're going to a wedding. I'm going to a wedding in a few weeks, and I'm still thinking, will these go with my outfit? Because I once wore a pair of shoes just to a wedding, and I ended up having to have a physical therapy for three months because it affected me. It must have pinched a nerve or something, having to teeter on these heels. So I can promise you, wearing stilettos, is not the answer. They may look elegant, but that's okay. Maybe have two pairs. One for when you sat down and you want to swing around and cross your legs and look sexy, and the other one <laughs> hidden under the table for when you need to go to the bathroom. So, but you need to have safe, comfortable shoes. So if you find a pair that works, get another pair. But don't forget you'll have to wear them in. Okay? Anything else you'd like to know? Yes? Yes. If you need it to sleep, yeah. yeah, yeah, it would help, yeah. But you know, you can go out in the sunshine and still get some of that melatonin from the sunshine. Um, vitamin D is really important. Um, as part of my treatment, I was on 50,000 units a day for three months. And I can't say I felt any benefits, but my blood results showed benefit. Now he's telling me I should be taking a thousand a day, and I, I, I don't, I forget, 
you know, I don't feel, because I didn't feel, I think a lot of us are, if you feel a benefit, like if you have a headache, you take a pain pill, you feel a benefit, you'll take them. But sometimes when you don't feel that benefit immediately, and you, obviously if you have high blood pressure and you have to take a blood pressure medication, you can't feel that happens, but when they, you go, they show you that now your blood pressure is better, so you carry on taking it. But don't be put off from taking medications because you feel better. If your doctor says you should, she says, she doesn't practice what she preaches, but if your doctor says you should take them, you really should because they probably will be doing you a lot of benefit. And so the different things you need to be aware of, you can have a lack of vitamin, vitamin D. Vitamin D comes from the sun, and so in the winter time you can have a lack of it. And it's, it makes you feel good, it does your skin good, it produces and helps with melatonin. It, it's a very good one. Um, also vitamin A and vitamin B12. That can cause a lot of problems for people who are um, older. Um, those are the sort of things your doctor should be checking you for. Okay? Yes? It's just around the corner, opposite the post office. Yeah, yeah. We've only been open since last March, and we have um, independent, assisted, enhanced, and memory. And you can start off in independent, and if you need assisted, if it's up to 28 hours of assistance a week, you can stay in the same room. That was the concept. So in the independent, we're mixed with independent and assisted. Once you need more than 28 hours, then you go to our um, enhanced care, and that is a state rule. It has nothing to do with, it's not a rule that we make, that is a state rule. Yeah. Yes? I just read recently, and the article, for what it's worth, the article said, one of the best exercises for seniors is the squat. Oh. Or, or the knee back. Mm-hmm. Because uh, you're, you're working your quads. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Plus, it's very good for But what if you fall on the floor and you can't get up? <laughs> that would be me. Because I, I have a problem with my knee right now. I'm thinking, oh, that sounds like a good idea. And I'm thinking, yeah, yeah but I'd have to be able to get back on my knees to be able to get back up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, there you go. So that if you go, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yes. Well, not really, because that is part of your whole physical change. And you'll probably find that as things progress, you will get to where you feel comfortable in your body again, because obviously you're not feeling comfortable in your own skin. You know, you, you, you feel like things have really changed. Um, but that's also a mental thing too. And, you know, we don't know how much your thoughts of, well, I'm going through the change and everything's changing, because they call it change. How much of that is psychological? 
you know. Um, I've always tried to be, even with my pain, mind over matter. And if I don't mind, it doesn't matter. <laughs> then it doesn't become a big thing, you know. But it can be a real thing, and if it is, you may need a hormone. And that's something that your doctor would, you know, help you with. Because they may find that you just need that little bit. You don't have to have the hormones you had as a teenager. We don't want you running around the streets, but, you know. Um, you may just need that little tiny help, bit of help. And there, there are other ways of doing that. You can get them from herbs, or herbs as you call it. Why you call it herbs when there's a H, I will never know. But you can get it from herbs. There's a lot of different places. Just don't be drawn into these things on the internet that say you will be better if you take this or that. You know, go and speak to the pharmacist. Go and speak to your doctor. But, you, you know, if you need a little help, there's nothing wrong with that. Okay? Anybody? No. So now I feel like I've exhausted what we can learn about aging. But if ever I come to do anything else, you can always ask me questions on things we've done in the past. And if I was going to come again, I would be talking about dementia. So I know that's a very specific audience. It's something people don't want to learn about because they're afraid of facing up to it. But if I'm invited back again, I will do a thing on understanding dementia, okay? Because I think it's important for everybody to understand it so that you know whether you need help or you don't. And there shouldn't be a stigma. There is a stigma, but there shouldn't be. Okay? I, I offered that one at the beginning, but we weren't sure that you were ready for that. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people just don't want to talk about it, you know. Okay? Is there anything else you want before I go? No. Well, it's been a pleasure being here again. And it's nice to see some of the faces I saw last time, so I can't have been that bad. <laughs> okay. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day, and don't forget to socialize, and you're doing that here. You're learning here. You're doing a lot of the things that we said just by being here. Okay? Thank you. So where do you want to go with them? Well, what would be best? I mean, when people clear out of here, this room will be empty. I just in a need few one minutes. at once. I don't one want at, one at once. Yeah. I don't. Okay. My suggestion would be.